0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. We got a new track out called At Least You Tried on all the streaming platforms. You can find it at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net or anywhere you follow people at, at runwithitband, at Band. And on today's podcast, our guest is Music by Skippy. Music by Skippy is the entertainment project of Luke Skippy Harbor, dubbed the meeting point of multi instrumentalism, hip hop, and Broadway. The project has two albums of original music, collaborates with 20-plus organizations, shares stages with 30-plus individual performing artists, and is for all ages. Harbors passion for music by Skippy roots in receiving a life-saving liver transplant at the age of 11 months, giving him a second chance to live life to the fullest. In this episode, we talk about practical tools for a more centered and calm life, and Luke also shares his passion for connecting with his audience in an authentic way. We also dive into the power of creating unique, unique Experiences and so much more is a great episode. Enjoy the Live and
1: Create podcast. I loved it. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. Now,
0: like on the socials, though, like that's that's one thing that really caught my eye. I think I first saw what you were doing somewhere on TikTok, and yes. then realizing you were pl- we were playing the same festival, uh, Boulevardia, yeah. and then seeing what you were doing there, and uh, and then you're just. I, I think one thing I love, and I know some people say unique as a way of like almost a backhanded compliment. I don't mean it that way. Like, I feel like you have unique visuals, unique uh, approach on social media, like unique Thanks. music. And I think in this day and age, like if you don't have something unique and different, like you don't pop out and something about you, you just have this thing that like stands out. And, and so I was excited for us to, to get to talk and Yes, and
1: and I have uh, Chris Hagarian saying praises of you, so I was really humbled (laughs) that I'm really humbled that you and I got to connect with each other and that you're even interested in what I'm doing because Run with it, obviously, you've been working your tailbone off many, many years, and especially as someone who's, I mean, I've been a semi-professional entertainer for a long time. You know, I think I told you eight years on Instagram, but you know, doing it full time now and just taking this big. Crazy leap.
0: Yes. It's
1: very I love that, inspiring man. to watch someone like you and some of my other friends who've been who've been in the game a long time, man. Right. You really got it. I gotta make sure you get your props too.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So so going full time, that's a recent thing for you.
1: It is brand spanking new. I went full time officially as of November 2021.
0: That's awesome. So coming up almost on a year anniversary. And what, what spurred that decision from going semi all the way in, like taking that big step? Because I know it's a big, kind of scary step.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I think a few of those bullet points include, one, COVID made me do a lot of self-reflection. I think a lot of artists and musicians went through that. Um, two, I think I realized I've had so much music and a huge vision pent up in my head that if I didn't do something about it now, especially because I'm physically healthy, mentally healthy, honestly, like internally and externally, very healthy right now, I wouldn't be able to carry out this mission and this vision that I have as music Mm. by Skippy, the project name. And then I think the last big one is I'm a really good networker and connector. I really pride myself on, not just knowing a lot of people but what i love is i'm really starting to find the beauty in the giving and the receiving when it comes to helping musicians and creatives do projects yes, and or you know, any creatives whether it's videographer photographer i want to make sure that there are now many people at the table when it comes to making a vision come true i think mm-hmm. i initially started as i have this vision and i want to do something that's for me right but like this that. album show that i had miguel and um freaking April with Quixotic, I had a team of 12 people I had to manage.
0: That's so amazing I, though.
1: It's amazing. There <laughs> And there's literally no other way you can do it unless you just do it. You know what I mean? You got to just
0: throw
1: yourself out there and find out about your insecurities and massage through them. And I mean, that's why I want to do it full time now. It's helping me become a better person at the end of the day.
0: Right. When I think the only way to lead effectively is to be on a self-development journey. Like that's that's one thing that I, I wrote down in my journal like over and over again. I have like these list of goals that I review almost daily and I, I put in there that reminder like like everything will come down to your own self-development. Like if you're if you're healthy, if you're confronting your insecurities, you know, all those things. You inevitably, I think, that would just lead you to lead well, and I feel like there's so many terrible leaders <laughs> out there, and that's because of that lack of, I think, self awareness. Anytime I've been a terrible leader, which I'm sure there's many times, it was usually because of insecurity or some kind of lack of self awareness that I have, and so that's that's huge. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, as you know, in some ways, the arts industries can be so cutthroat, but if you stand out as a person who wants to have empathy transparency and understanding with what you're doing that is way more sustainable and I think it just attracts a team that wants to stay by your side you know like I know about a few artists that I really love not in Kansas City necessarily but national artists you look at who's behind them when they do interviews or they are brought to the table it's someone new Every three or four months, interesting. That is terrifying. Like you're just that like intense about the money and the pace (laughs) that you're not looking at how and why your team can be family, but more importantly, you're you're taking care of them in the long term. It's a sustainable vision. Duke Ellington kicks butt for that man. If you haven't read about his pathway of how he toured for forty years. Wow. And the average orchestra member stayed on that group for 30 something
0: years. Damn. Isn't that I'm going I'm going to write that down to check. Does he have like a biography oh. or something where they break that down or
1: Yeah, they do. And I know that the American Jazz Museum in um the 18th and Vine district. That's listed somewhere in his section in Kansas City.
0: I was such oh, a awesome.
1: I my eyes lit up about that cuz I'm like, oh, that means people really liked him.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what no, I mean? That's huge. And that's such a hard he, like in this world, it's such a hard thing to be able to do And but yeah, to be able to have that kind of leadership and that kind of focus, I think is, is a, a big deal. Like, have you seen the documentary? And I know most listeners, I'm sorry, I bring it up like every other podcast, but the documentary, the Ye- uh, Ye- genius, uh, the Kanye doc- documentary on Netflix.
1: Oh, I've heard about it now. I haven't, I haven't it, seen it yet.
0: Yeah, it's it's six hours, but I started it and could not stop. I, like, I think I went all the way through really? two nights and only just because I couldn't stay awake of it because my day was so long and uh, it, it basically shows the story arc from like the guy who's filming him, uh, his name's Cootie, who made the documentary and he started at, at like 21 years ago while Kanye is still in his living room making beats <laughs> and he God. filmed him the entire way. But there's an interesting and I don't think this ruins anything within the documentary because we kind of know know where it all ends up, unfortunately. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Right. There's a period of time where Kanye said to himself and said to everyone around him, like, I'm no longer Kanye. And so I everyone that was there with Kanye is is out. And so this documentary, like he has a four or five year gap where he tried to fill it in, you know, from, I mean, there's more than enough video of Kanye out there, <laughs> but yeah. he explained how Kanye basically kicked out everybody that was close to him. And then you see as, as he starts this trajectory down, like kind of the spiraling down and right. it shows it, it's not like a, it's just a truth telling. It's not like a yay. Kanye, uh, yay. Kanye. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no it's that, that, that's a, a little pun there, I guess that I threw in there, but it's not like, Oh how awesome Kanye is! It's like a truth telling. Like this is the story, and he shows how when he's on that spiraling, he starts reaching out again to these people that were there with him in the beginning. Wow. He reaches back out. The doc, I think, it, it seems as if he realized like the people I chose to surround myself with are not the people who love me. And uh, yes, and even as, as I'm saying it, I'm I'm thinking through my own leadership, my own life, and thinking through like you know that question: Am I doing that? And am I like, where am I doing that? And how easy it can be. Like, obviously I haven't reached the heights of, of Kanye. (laughs) No, sure. But, but what drives that for you to have that sense of, of like, I need to care. Like, is, were there mentors in your life, a leader in your life that just like inspired you to that?
1: I think part of it was, um, I had really good arts education and I had really empathetic and loving, um, teachers, let me be exactly who i was which was uh, as you could probably attest sometimes that's very rare right. and in the arts i think that's essential uh number 2 i i mean i grew up with pretty amazing parents man i mean i i always want to give love and appreciation to my mom and dad who you know let me take piano when i was 5 years old who let me beatbox at the dinner table who uh <laughs> let me you know just explore my artistic curiosity And I think, and I have many other people I could cite, but I don't want to go too long-winded. At the end of the day, to be seen as you are will let you be exactly what you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you ever need that love and that guide and that nurturing in a place of unknown, someone is going to look at you and say, it's okay to not be okay or not quite know where you want to go right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I try to, like one of the best lessons I've learned this year is when you are a day of show, it's a massive production. You be calm and you be adaptable if things go wrong. Right. So like someone told me like, Hey, one of your VIPs hasn't shown up yet. And I was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to wait five minutes. If they don't show up, it's going to go to these people. Cause I know that those people are also really important to me. I'm sorry for that person. If they show up later, we've got to keep moving that spot has to be filled in order for all this to kind of work and then right. the stage manager was like great sounds good and I was like cool I could have been like frazzled like oh my god this person isn't here but like <laughs> like as you can attest you have an audience of a hundred plus people you're trying to host and take care of you gotta pivot and you gotta keep yes. the pace to be respectable to them as well as the crew you know
0: that's huge like that idea i i actually put on top of my goals uh that my number one job is to be present and because that's what i've been i've been working on really for the last two years um i think COVID exposed a lot of myself that i didn't like and i knew i went on this journey of like meditation and trying to be present like within every day and every moment and realizing like even Like there's times where i've wanted to put like my fist through a speaker you know at a show because it's just like the intensity of it and i start getting that frazzled thing and realizing and reflecting like none of that stuff ever helped anyone you know and and the days where i've been able to practice that calmness that presence and in a show even when like you know all the shits breaking down or whatever it is you know is happening it ends up it's like everything comes together anyway but the journey was way more enjoyable you know, and it's like, even with my kids, even with my family, even with friends, or even like getting to go out last night where it's like, yeah, there's a million things I got to do today and a whole bunch of other things the next, you know, all that kind of thing. But getting to just be present in that moment, I think, and be calm is such a powerful gift. Really? It's not, I was going to say tool. I think it's even bigger. It's just, it's like yeah. a damn gift.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, that's cool. You said it becomes bigger, like, you know, especially as, I mean, as you learned it and as i guess anyone can learn that having it as a tool in the arts and entertainment and your discipline is amazing but yeah it just uh it allows you to think a lot bigger past yourself right like if you're the leader and you're calm within the chaos people are yeah. going to look towards that and be like oh i can choose to be that energy if i need to right now right that's really nice <laughs> like you know, I don't know. I, I give merit to you too. That's a very, that's a very exciting journey that I'm sure has taught you a lot.
0: Yeah. Now for you is like, do you have any practices uh, that you do that are kind of a daily thing or weekly thing to cultivate that in yourself?
1: A hundred percent. So some of the daily habits that I now have include is a burning bowl ceremony. Do you know too much about I don't, what that is? I'm not is? familiar with that. Basic idea of a burning bowl ceremony is you have a small piece of paper, and then you have something like a tiny little metal cauldron. What you do is you write down a word or a phrase that might be bringing you stress or negative energy. And what you do is you say, I still love and appreciate what this energy has taught me. You throw that in the cauldron, you light it on fire, and then you watch it burn to ultimately say, I can let go of that energy. I can choose my energy today. Nice. So that's something that I do each day.
0: I, I love the the piece of even being grateful for that thing. That's yeah, an interesting thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not fun, <laughs> but I think if you, if you befriend yourself with the opposite energies of what you're used to or what you want, you kind of can be more in control of how mm. those energies might approach you in your future. Right? right. And at least I. God, I get that from, um, so uh, not to go too off subject, but
0: no, basically
1: I've had a lot of phobia towards me because I've been I've an openly bisexual male and mm-hmm. I've had some biphobia towards me after shows. Gotcha. And I know I have one of two options. Either I can approach that negative energy like I try to kind of in, get in touch with daily and I say, I hate that. I'm going to punch you in the face. Or <laughs> I have the choice of saying, why is this energy here? And what can I do to befriend it? And that's a lot more scary to that person than a reaction and a fight. This is way easier. This is terrifying because because it shows that you're in control. Yeah. Yeah. They got to actually deal with it. Exactly. (laughs) So, and then one of the other habits that I do daily is, um, every night before I go to bed, I read a book for about an hour it's just okay. a really nice, gets me away from the screen, get to be in my own world. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy that a lot. Fiction, now. I'm like, I found books that, oh, I am such a fiction person. Oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> Whether I like, I mean, I love nonfiction, but I, uh, I'm i telling you, Miguel, I, I love to get lost in a world that someone else made because you just think about the creativity that that takes. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, man, like it's amazing.
0: That's awesome. Now, where does the burning bowl ceremony come from? Where is it? Yeah, I'm just curious yeah. where that. Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, so, I was born and raised in a spiritual practice called the Unity Movement. The idea okay. of the Unity Movement is you should follow and believe in Christian values and practices, but you don't necessarily have to believe in Christianity or God or anything. That's right. sort of the okay. root of it. And in the Unity Movement, we did a burning bowl ceremony. Um, at the end of each year so the entire congregation oh, what was huh. really cool is the entire congregation would get this like flash paper write a name you go up to this altar with a i mean like a huge bowl and then you yeah. light it on fire and then you see the burning that happens for the whole congregation for hundreds if not thousands of people but i'm sure it comes from a much deeper religion that's just where i was introduced to where i understood it right
0: from the uni movement. I feel like I've heard the name, uh, but not like super familiar with it, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's more just, it's in my understanding of like Judaism, there's a lot of sects that it's very similar from maybe what you're describing where, uh, they don't necessarily ascribe to a God per se, but those practices and the community is kind of the focus. Is that kind of what the unity?
1: That's really what it's about yeah. from my experience still. And that's, that's what i've really taken away from it especially being an adult you know i was in church for a while through age 17 18 went away from it for a while because of college and now that i'm trying to find better routines and communities that i love and appreciate i'm sort of drifting back towards unity because i really i just still identify with those values like i think it's really important to be loving and kind and um, yeah. You know what a crime,
0: right? But uh, you know, I uh, some people. Unfortunately, I think there are some people against. Yeah. That right now, <laughs> whether you like
1: it or not, couldn't have said it any better.
0: I do feel like uh, it seems like more and more though people are like longing for you know that kindness and that empathy. Yes. You know, in the midst of it, in amidst of the insanity that is you know the public life right now. So.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, we're in a very, I call it a touchy time. It's, well, that's probably sounds wrong. We're in a very, just sense, people, it's very sensitive, right? Yes. People are in a very, um, people are really scared to, like, just talk to one another about their differences and fight behind backs as much as possible. And it's right. been going on for a long time, but the way it's exposed and captured by journalists now is just so much more accurate and quick, whether yeah. we like it or not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely. Yeah. And it seems like the conversations where, cause I, I definitely, again, like I said, during COVID, I, I just felt like I was exposed in myself, you know, to myself and to others of, of a lot of things I didn't enjoy. And that was one of them where I just went so intensely, like, like off the rails, I think, where I didn't want to have conversations with anybody anymore. I wanted to yell. I wanted to be like, no, you're wrong. And this and that, instead of realizing like oh, when I actually sit down and have conversations with people, there's learning that can happen, and and actually yeah. brought a lot of, I think a lot of peace for me. You know, even in in the context, I honestly is uh, religion was one of those because I left the church. I was actually a pastor, did all that kind of thing for in the evangelical world, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then left all of that, and and then like through that time found healing by having conversations with people who were believers still, but where I had almost seen them as like enemies at, at some point, but then actually got meeting people who were open to talking and it brought so much peace and actually brought me some great friends that I love, (laughs) you know, now and yeah, it's powerful when people can really just have those conversations instead of just, yeah, it's everything and and separating themselves. So,
1: yeah, well, as you know, it takes so much takes a lot of emotional intelligence though, man. I mean, a lot yes. just to be that self-aware of what you could be reacting to versus just like noticing that you might be reacting is a right. very powerful thing. Um, I'm glad that you were met with open arms by people. I'm glad you met people though, that shared your belief system, see that you might have a different one now. And ultimately you can still appreciate and grow with each other. That's pretty awesome. And that's the kind of interactions that need to be broadcasted (laughs) to the world.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It it was very much a a cool healing process, I think for myself and it seemed like a a positive one for the other person involved. Like I'm being vague. I just don't want to like throw other people out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No, that's. But yeah. No. And so for you though, it started at five, right? Playing piano. Truly the
1: musical journey. I, boy, if I could pinpoint, oh, I guess if I could pinpoint one thing, it was when I was three years old and I was going to day school and we had this amazing program called Friday morning music that was led by uh, Mrs. Crawford. And basically, as a three-year-old, I sat front and center in the third grade room and listened to her sing and do all these different types of vocal warm-ups. when I was three. And then that entire program went on through the time I was in third grade. I played piano with classes from ages like five to 10. So I was always in the realm of music. That program kept me in it. And then, I mean, oh my gosh, man, I was in my first play when I was 10 years old in the fourth grade. And then I did choir all through elementary school, middle school,
0: high school. So you were saturated, Uh, saturated music. That's amazing.
1: I couldn't, I just, like, in really looking back at it, it always switched my mood and made me the best version of myself. Hmm. I'm just so like, that's, that's the, I guess that's the beauty of doing an interview like this is when you really get to add up a bigger picture of your right. life and why you might be where you are. I made sure that I just never stayed away. It was one of those things where like, like class registrations for next semesters or years, I was like, yep, choirs first. Like, it was just like <laughs> one of those things that was always in my head, like, no matter what. Yeah. I just, it, cause if I was away from it, I would just be the little, this light, this bright light that you probably see from me comes from many things, but part of it is being in music. It just makes me such a better person
0: overall. Well, and I think it's a beautiful picture thinking of you at like three years old and your teachers doing these vocal runs. And then now you're, you know, here, fast forward, you're stepping out as a full-time musician into this world. And, It makes me think there's a great book called Talent Code by a guy named an author, Daniel Coyle. I'm more of a nonfiction guy, so I'm like, no, that's great in that. Oh, I love it. I I love fiction, but I, every time I read them, I tend to like fall asleep. It just sucks. (laughs) Uh, So there are a lot of really poorly written ones, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, anyways, this book Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, as they, they, they break down like what makes like basically hot pockets of mathematicians, Hot Pockets, musicians and athletes throughout the world. And they, then they tried to disseminate like what made them this way. And one of the things that they found that was a, a thing across the board was almost all of them had a teacher or coach early on in their life who wasn't like necessarily the best. They weren't like the one who was coached to the stars. It was someone who taught them the love for what it was they were doing. It taught them the love for the music or for the sport whatever it was. And that's what, as, as they try to, you know, kind of break down, that's what seemed to propel them was that absolute love. And so it just made me think of that, that study and thinking of you at three and here's this teacher, you know, who, what was her name again? Mrs. Crawford, Mrs. Crawford. And she's playing these runs and just seeing you as like a three-year-old soaking that in and then falling in love with this music. That's really cool.
1: Yes. And she was so real. I remember vividly, like when I was five, probably or something, she got up like on the piano. And I need you to understand this is like an 80 something year old woman. That's she stepped up on top of the piano, <laughs> looked at everyone is like, you're going to love the music. You're going to love the yeah. art. And like, <laughs> Like, I mean, it was amazing. Like she was like an electric force to wow. like probably propel a lot of kids to at least love or appreciate the arts. Cause she was like relentless how much you should integrate that in your life
0: i i'm just so curious now at mrs crawford like i she she needs a book or a movie like oh i know i
1: yeah (laughs) if you're 80
0: and you're jumping on top of piano talking to three-year-olds and telling them how much they're gonna love it that's i got kind of chills when you were describing that that's
1: yeah yeah, i mean it's phenomenal it just it gives you the permission to kind of know that it's yeah. okay to stand up on a piano and be crazy sometimes.
0: So I think the dots are connecting as I hear your story. And when I watch like what you're doing on TikTok and then yeah. I've seen, I've not seen you live yet, but seen the videos, you know, from when you're performing at Boulevardia, you have this amazing like kind of stage presence as well. Thank so you. it seems like maybe she taught you that in the beginning too. Yeah. Oh some yes.
1: Of yes. A mix of her and then uh, going to the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. I, oh, I finished nice. my high school uh, degree there. I got into the high school program there and did that. Uh, I had a great director who kind of helped me really enhance my listening skills a lot more. So my reactions to crowds could be better. Mm. And then uh, being in a semi professional cool. a cappella group was great. That was definitely the big credit, too. They, that kind of showed me what it meant to be part of an ensemble. But then when you got your solo moment, own it. Like that is your spotlight. Shine as bright as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so make you're sure you're building that group spotlight group for others. As well? I was. I did that all throughout college. And I say semi-professional because, I mean, we we went on two tours a year we were all we were really well-funded. I mean, we were more nice. popular than the football team. Like, I don't know yeah. how else to say it, man. <laughs> it was kind of so Like, sorry,
0: before. y'all. We're sorry, y'all. Ones. I'm in the cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, and I had friends who were on the football team and stuff, and I loved them. And I mean, it just it's so funny looking back at how being in an artistically driven environment constantly helped me understand you define how popular or big you want to get you know yeah. especially with your art and your practice and all mm-hmm. that i just i and in hindsight it's pretty amazing kind of connecting those dots too
0: yeah that's really cool um you you mentioned uh the the teacher teaching you about the listening skills and i thought you were talking about like oral skills like being able to break down like but it sounds like maybe it was something a little different because you're talking about <laughs> listening to the crowd and reading the crowd yes. i'm curious about that
1: so the parallels of that teacher and then what I took away was that teacher always put me in roles in the acting program that were all about listening. I never had too many lines. I was like, great. Like one hand, I don't to learn a lot of lines. But <laughs> his whole thing was like, I want to see you engaged and in the scene the entire time hmm. so that when you have your lines, they feel so natural that you don't think about them. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this is about. And taking that away and in doing what I do now, the biggest example as to, I think, how that's been successful is, is I've performed for all ages of audiences and I've been, you know, paid to do that, which is awesome. So I booked my first um, official, actually, where I went to day school with Mrs. Crawford. They're going to have me as their special entertainer this year. That's
0: awesome. Are you going to jump on the piano? Yes. Yes. Do it. Yeah. There's whatever to, they want other me kid to do. Is going to soak that in and and like 20 years later.
1: <laughs> oh my God. And talk about it. Exactly. But I'm, I'm so excited. Like in list like in bookie, my first day school, I know listening to that audience and catering a show to that audience is different than a Boulevardia crowd is right. different than the retirement home that I'm probably going to be working with later in the fall. Right. That's really like, cool. Yeah. There's a lot of, the more you can listen to the energy in the room and sort of shift or mirror the tone to match that audience and then bring them where you want to. That's sort of the beauty. I think of an amazing entertainer. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to be shouty and crazy for a retirement home. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, unless they really were all deaf and hard. Yeah, unless, like, like yeah, unless they're all like Mrs. Crock. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That's the and only way like electric and in it to win it. Right. Um, but that's the that's been the really amazing takeaway of of that teacher and of that skill set, is you've got to be, you've got to be locked in with the energy of your crowd, man, because you don't want to seem pompous or arrogant or disconnected. You right. you got to connect with the audience.
0: And I I love that, like the idea of of actually having like lessons in listening. That's really cool. Like beyond just the music, Um, yeah. because yeah, it's a different animal. We always talk about how the studio is a different art form than the stage. You know, it's a conversation we have in the band all the time where it's like, you know, you have the freedom to stack all the different instrumentals and all the things you want, uh, and you're just in it. And I love it. I love when I'm in it, doing that in the studio. But then when I'm on stage, I love that, you know? But it is. It's such a different animal and different art form. And the crowd really... I wrestle with this where it's like, are there any bad crowds? And I used to say there are no bad crowds, but I think... I'm slowly changing my mind. There might be a few out there. um, But all in all, I think it comes down to the performer to be able to adjust to the room. And I think the majority of times when a show has gone bad, it's because I didn't learn. I wasn't able to adjust to the room, you know. And and so I feel like I'll give that little 5% where there might be some. Wrong rooms, you know, oh, or whatever. God, yes. I, I, I'll, d- I'll give that grace like, to my really, though. I used to not give that grace to myself or anyone else, <laughs> I'm so glad I'll that put you that in do. there. But, so glad but I do you. think that that skill of being able to read a room, be able to take them with you is is powerful. And it's funny because we use yeah. in ears when we perform because we we're like tracked out, and we have like cues and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, but we were just talking about trying to get an audience mic. Because uh, we used to run one back in the day. And now that we're now that we're kind of coming back online again as a band, we're re-upping all of our gear <laughs> again because nice. we sold it. We basically got yeah. rid of a lot of it and sold it. Um, but wanting to get an audience mic on the front so that you can still, like, interact. Because there's times where, like, someone says something you, like, pop out your ear to try to listen. And it already, like, you can engage that way, but it, it kind of takes away sometimes from that, that moment. Uh, so that's a good yeah. reminder to me we really need to, I need to just get an audience mic by the next show. So, Well,
1: I I'm love the idea of an audience mic. I know, Chris, when I listened to your um, <laughs> your live session uh, for 8160 at the Boulevard Beer Hall, and I listened to your interview with Chris, he told me he watched you in a show, just talk to an audience member for like five minutes or something. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I love so much. And I'd want to know, I want to figure out how to do that somehow, right. because I think it's so important. Like. You know, and I think I that but, one he was yeah. telling
0: about that was like right after the show. But yeah, I do okay. think there there's times where we did one thing when we toured. Uh, we did a lot of college campuses touring uh, that that circuit, and we would actually take uh, we would jump off stage just because kind of reading the room. You could do it there; it worked well. There's a like Boulevardia. It probably wouldn't worked as well for us, but we jumped out in the audience and played like acoustically and walked around to everybody, and yeah. it was just a. There were some beautiful moments, and I, I still like. There's people just last year were sending us videos from, like, "Hey, remember when he came to our school?" And they're doing that because you create uh, a really great moment. Uh, and yeah. for you, though, you were so being involved with theater as well. That seems, especially again, when I watch on TikTok, because I want to talk about that too in the helmet and sure. the nine round stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I got you, man. which is really cool. But of course, but yeah, you have again this this stage presence that seems to be rooted in that theater experience is that what kind of drives it for you
1: i think so i mean i almost was in denial about that i think in the beginning of doing all this i was like no i'm an entertainer i don't do any theater things what are you talking about but like i'm learning because of my background and my education and how i'm interpreted i really like hearing feedback from honest audience members as to what i remind them of or what i kind of sound like and I get um, this is I'm I'm not trying to like oh look at me right now but like people tell me that they were I'm kind of like a Lin Manuel Miranda type delivery. He's amazing. He's the one who made the Hamilton the musical. Oh
0: wow! Uh,
1: And then he did In the Heights the musical. That was his big breakout. Was In the Heights as sort of his origin story. And in saying that, people see my delivery like him. And nice. then they also see this kind of comedy side, like a uh, Bo Burnham where it's like, um, <laughs> have you ever watched Bo Burnham? Do you know too much yes. about?
0: I, I awesome. don't know at a time, but I have watched it and listen sure. as well.
1: Yeah. So like, I know people say that I kind of am like him in the sense of like the, the comedy side of things. and like, yeah, nothing is real. Let's just have a good time. Like, you know <laughs> um, so I am sort of this theatrical musician. And I think I'm struggling to find my audience and my market with that. That is something I'm learning so much about, which is okay. Right. But I'm honestly very excited as to where things are going now for 2023, because like I'm learning, dude, kids love this stuff. Right. Retirement homes love this stuff. That's like awesome. <laughs> the Boulevard Boulevardia, like a music festival, like a like electric forest type thing or like some some immersive, crazy festival where things randomly pop up in your face, this is where it fits. Like, that's where I'm learning. I'm like starting to learn where my voice Mm. can attract an audience, but more importantly, where it can relate to an audience so that people want to stick to it and follow it, you
0: know? Right. Um, That's great. I think that
1: answered questions. I know I kind of went on a whole (laughs) spiel, but no, that's where the theater theater of things integrate into.
0: Well, and I... I I love the especially the one that really stuck out to me is you were and for a listener if you follow it's it's music by Skippy right on all yes. of all the handles and everything uh, make sure it's a great follow on TikTok uh, where you you have this helmet that you're like wearing and just doing random shit like oh, every yeah. day and my yeah. the funniest one was you were like sitting on a wall and you're just smoking a cigarette like <laughs> out from underneath the it, it just the way you were carrying yourself all is it, just this great humor especially as it's stacked with all the different videos you saw of you like you know, I don't know like making dinner or something I, like all yeah the right <laughs> yeah that's those
1: that video series ultimately is rooted in wanting to have a really fun marketing plan for my album release show coming out July 30th I was like what can I do that's kind of weird visually fun and Ultimately shows, though, that I'm still a human in releasing this electronic dance music album where I wear a helmet and all the live experiences and I go crazy and do all these dances and stuff. And I'm like, how about we just show what a day would look like for an everyday human robot? <laughs> what is everyday? What would everyday things look like? So then I made 30 different things.
0: That's that- brilliant.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And that's the 30 things ultimately reflected as, um, yeah, a 30-day marketing plan. That's really what yeah. it rooted in.
0: No, I love that. I love that. Uh, well, we won't steal the the helmet idea, but the strategy of it. Um, yeah, I, okay, please. Know, that's, hey, that's really it's a great, tool. So. <laughs> Go for it. Go
1: for it. And we, yeah. we
0: have a uh, illustrator right now working on like a superhero world based off of our like our characters, essentially, are oh, um, our, oh, awesome. it's a really That's cool great. journey. It was supposed to release a while back, but we're just realizing we want to take some time with it. He's got some really cool dreams behind it, so we're trying to figure out how to eventually work that in. You know, to the marketing of it, but but yeah, yeah I I loved it, and especially to me, it like the the pinnacle of it for me was when you're just sitting there. It was kind of like it looked yeah, like you had a long out. day at work. Yeah, you yeah, know, and then I and you're just and then, smoking but, a cigarette.
1: Yes. <laughs> And it was, uh, if you look at that video a little closely, like the way that I did it is like, I lifted my helmet. I actually did inhale some smoke and then I blew it out of a mask. There is smoke that comes out of the mask. That's what it was great. It
0: was all those details were great. I
1: tried. I tried. And it was, it was, that one was kind of the funnier fun ones to make. I kind of laughed at myself when I looked at the video. It's like, this is so silly.
0: well it's it's funny because like we're trying to learn TikTok, um it's a whole too, different animal than, than anything oh, and it, it seems like the silly shit is what happens you know like yeah uh former guest cassie voice. joy uh she's a uh, uh a country artist that was on out of nashville and she was saying how like she had tried everything they can think of you know and she's got like a whole team behind her and they're editing videos for six to eight hours a day And she was like, we were on Music Row. We had a lot to drink after a show one night. We come back to my apartment and they just you know, it's like there's several drinks in. And she's like, they just pulled out some guitars and started singing and laughing over like some dumb cover songs that weren't anything like it wasn't a moment. They just posted it. She's like 14 million. I don't understand it. 14 million views. (laughs) And she's like, and we've never been able to recreate it. It just it was that it was like a moment that people are connecting with. Um, and just like that, like there was something about seeing that video of you sitting there. It may have been a long day for me too, or something. And yeah, the, like, yeah. I related to this robot that was like yeah. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. I was like, damn, man, it damn, a man. long day. It's <laughs> been
1: a long day. Oh, I love that. It's, and isn't that amazing? Cause there's all these one-off viral moments for a lot of people that have been on TikTok, at least the ones that that I'm friends with and kind of know who have had some viral success. And I'm like, right. well, how would you describe what you do after that? What is, what is your feeling? They're like, one, I have to question my worth, which really sucks. It's like people's <laughs> insecurities come out. Right. They're yeah. like, well, I've been doing all this. Like, Well, Cassie, what a great example. Miss joy is a fabulous example. You put in all of this work and this time and then you just do this <laughs> random, whatever thing. And it blows up. You're like, what's the point of me putting in all this effort? Right. Like, you know, I will stop
0: working. Yeah. That's what I just learned. Yeah,
1: I, that's it. I'm <laughs> done doing the work. Um, I just, I think about that too sometimes, man. I just, you know, I know the silliness of what I do. At least I know if it doesn't go viral, someone wonderful like you is going to go, gosh, I relate to that visual today. <laughs> Even if it's one or two people. I think that's what really counts at the end of the day, outside of going viral. You know, right? It's got to matter to someone.
0: Well, and the the whole chasing, uh, I think you can either chase your dreams or you can build your your dreams. And yeah, I felt like I yes. spent yeah. a lot of space, you know, chasing, and yeah. it was so fucking exhausting to do that. Where it's like suddenly one day it was like I don't maybe it was over a period of time, whatever. But I just remember like having that thought, it's like, no, I want to build my dreams. I want to build them step-by-step step, and I'm not going to chase the algorithms. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to try to learn it. I'm going to try to utilize it, but it's just a component. Like, and it just, cause it's sad. Like the idea of like artists out there just constantly, like, I hope I get that, that one moment. Yeah. I you hope know? I get my fun. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Isn't that like, Oh, God. I just think about that, too. One of my friends who who's been in the game much longer than me, he dropped out of college to really take it seriously. Didn't really ever get to where he wanted to. But you know what I love about him so much now, man, is he's working part time or full time or something at FedEx being a driver. He's like, I'm making the best music that I ever have. Hmm. I should have been doing a hard working day job. And then make music at night because I know that's what I need and what I want. My dreams never were, you know, what I thought they were supposed to be. A lot of people told me this is what a musician's dream should look like. And I said, okay. But he's like, I love what I'm doing now. I'm making great money in my day job. And then I have, you know, a pretty decent following coming to my shows. That's really nice because I want to start a family. And, you know, he kind of, the way he expanded on it was really beautifully said
0: that is and it, it really it's funny we had that conversation yesterday we're in a, a songwriting season now and we're just discussing like who we are as a group and and really trying to go deeper into that like we we're all been on individual personal journeys so we're trying to bring that together and uh my my drummer daniel cole uh, he's amazing he had, i love that guy yeah he's yeah, he's awesome. He's lived with us before. He, we called him our Manny. He would go pick up like our kids from preschool. <laughs> <Aww, like> that. <laughs> it, oh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he basically he had kind of said, you know, like, hey, this is uh, well. And so I guess songwriting is about being vulnerable. So I'll just I'll throw it out there. Basically, he was like, I feel like our music and, and who you are as a writer, it's cinematic. And it's, it sits in the mental wellness space and it sits in the self-help space. And it, and it was like the moment I told him, I said, it was like an unlock code when he told me that, like, I didn't know that about myself, even though that's what I've been doing. And I said, that freed me up to where like, I've been writing like almost every day and like it freed up thoughts and ideas for myself. And I told him yesterday on the phone, I was like, I was like, dude, I've had so many people and. In- talented people who are like professional songwriters say you need to write more like this or you need to do it more like that and do it like this and I was like and so I always ran away from some of those things like especially the cinematic and and the self-help kind of piece but that's just who I am it's like I said I'm quoting you know books on studies of whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's just who I am or and and I was like it freed me up to just say that's me and that's what how I'm gonna write You know, not that I don't want to get better and learn new skills and tools, but it's like, I don't need to run away from who I am as a person and an artist. And I think, you know, that same journey for all of us is like, instead of just trying to be, like you said, all these voices coming at you and said, no, this is who I want to be, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I can't quite talk about this yet, but 2023 is really exciting because that's my hope is that people will see the, full spectrum of what music by Skippy is. Uh, I've got this first album and second album and then something else may or may not be happening by the end of the year. (laughs) But uh, the whole point of that is this vision of saying, you need to understand if you come to a show and you see a full experience, you're going to get a full experience. I'm not here to just be one genre or pivot pigeonhole myself into one thing my goal is to show you we have all these voices inside of us telling us to be different things Mm. and i want to manifest that through a show and through my artistry that sounds powerful i think miguel i don't know man i think it's gonna work and i think (laughs) and a great and by work i mean like i think once it's out once people see it people will understand it this first year in releasing an album that was like alternative hip hop and instrumentals and then literally going freaking 180 and becoming a human robot that's a dance party and freaking Charlie Chaplin pops up randomly in it with me that's going to happen here in about a week and then with the other thing that's going to be going on my goal is to show you there's a whole entire spectrum to what all this is. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of vague and weird, but like it will be shown by the end of this year and hopefully will manifest itself in 2023.
0: Hmm. That's really cool. I, I love the, it, it, even as you're talking, I'm still seeing Mrs. Crawford. I know eight, the... 80, year, 80, year, 80 year old woman jumping on a piano and inspiring She's... three-year-olds. Uh, towards music because I think I'll be thinking about that story all day maybe all week we're getting regular on vacation so probably the whole vacation because to do that she she accepted herself and she then inspired other people in in only a way that she could you know like I've never heard of a teacher doing that (laughs) and it's so powerful to think how that that spurred you to now you're going to be standing on stage doing things that will help people accept their own voice. I don't know. It's, it's such a powerful, a powerful thing. I love it. I love it. I'm excited for you. Thanks. Uh, I think,
1: I think it's going to work. And (laughs) even if it doesn't, I know that I lived my best life trying and doing it. And to me, like you said, this is, this is a vision that I wanted to build for, Oh my God. I mean, I've been scared to really chase this stuff for about 10 years. And then I finally made the leap and, um, it's been one of the most fulfilling times of my whole life, man. I mean, yeah, I've had one of the best years of my life this year.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and it, it's funny cause it's, I don't necessarily ascribe to like metaphysical things by any means, but it is interesting. I have friends who call it manifesting or like the secret or whatever, but it does seem like when people move towards a direction right? And they're focused on that direction. The doors just start to open and it can be painful sometimes. Like sometimes it's not, it's not always easy, but I am fascinated by it. Watching so many different friends now, just because of being, living this life, you know, in the arts world, I've had so many friends who have stepped out to do that book or stepped out to, to be a pro magician or, you know, whatever it is. And suddenly these opportunities they didn't see start coming along start opening up. And it's really cool to see how that works and I, people can call it whatever they want. I, you know, who, who knows where the origin of it is, but I think it's cool. It's cool to see. And I'm excited. We'll have to do another one next, you know, next year, kind of a recap of, of like where it all went for you. Uh, Yeah. It's very cool.
1: My gosh, I would love to do that. That'd be great.
0: Well, now the, excuse me, the last two questions, uh, based off the podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll start that with you right now. Uh, in your life? How would you define living a great life? I think
1: a great life is rooted in finding healthy and inspiring things to do for yourself. And then ultimately, as you're doing that, you can give that to others. So if I'm talking about pinpointing the exact things I think that can come from having a morning routine of having a cup of coffee every morning. I think if you love that and that warms up your spirit to the day, you need to do that. I think it can also come in, if you're an extrovert and an introvert or an introvert, you gotta know, you gotta put yourself out there and be with friends once or twice a week if you're an extrovert to make sure that you're getting that nurturing energy, right? If you're an introvert, you gotta know when your alone time is and drawing your boundaries. Um, And then I think another part of a great life is by giving to other people. You should do that through your strengths that you have and also acknowledge your weaknesses so that people can attract to you as a human. So I know for me that comes when I perform. One of my favorite things to do is yes, I love doing the singing and the entertaining. I love connecting with the audience though. I love asking questions to people, discussing things openly with them while I'm on stage, because I know that's my strength. And then people see me as a human when I'm singing my songs or I'm rapping or beatboxing or whatever. They're like, wow, this guy also understands struggle, but he also wants to shine. And maybe I should be able to do that too. That's definitely the best way you can live a great life.
0: I love it. That's awesome. That's super awesome. All right, last question. Uh, Right now in your life, how would you define creating great things?
1: I think great things are created through authenticity and also making sure you invite other people to the table so they can grow and build their own strengths. Best example I can think of is this show that I'm doing on July 30th, my album release show. I wanted to make an electronic dance music album where I'm like this human robot and I'm making a pop-up dance party. But I was like, how cool would it be if I integrated projections in this show that have a dance instruction for every song? So now the audience is also part of the show. And I was like, well, what what if I also decided They need a break. They don't want to dance the whole time. They want to be entertained. What if I hired and paid some pop-up performers to do some random stuff? So now there is a dancer, a drag performer, someone who's called almost Charlie Chaplin, and then there's (laughs) a a speed painter, which is really cool. So I know what's exciting is that to me is creating a great thing because it's not just serving myself and my vision, but I'm paying other artists really well for their time and talents and the audience is going to create a memory they'll never forget. So if they decide to do the dance prompts that pop up on the projections, amazing. If they don't at some point or another, they're going to see my crazy butt in a helmet next to a Charlie Chaplin impersonator (laughs) doing something called the Skippy Shuffle and you will not forget that. (laughs) <laughs> right? You're going to have a ridiculous memory that lives on forever. And Absolutely. I think a memory that lives on, there's nothing greater than
0: that. I love it. I love it. Well, let everyone know how they can connect with you and your music.
1: Yes, of course. If you're interested in following uh, my music journey or my social media journey, whatever, best way to find me, type this all in as one word. It's music by Skippy. And if you want one big hub that shows all the music, all the shows, all of the ways you are able to kind of support what I'm doing, you want to go to musicbyskippy.com.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for making the time.
1: Thank you. This is amazing. And I'm so grateful that we got to connect with each other.
0: That was great. I'm inspired. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The
1: Live and Create podcast.